This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back to another episode of Seeing Other People. Together, we're navigating modern dating alongside experts and real-life daters who are sharing their stories. Don't have a date for tonight? No problem. Come learn, laugh, and maybe even cry along with us as we navigate the dating scene together. All right, you guys, we are here with Tanya Carter. Tanya, you, I'm so excited to have you. I think there is so much wisdom and insight and just expertise that you have that is going to be invaluable to seeing other people audience. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Alana. Yeah. So you guys just recapping, Tanya is the host of Purposely Thriving. She is the author of Divorce Your Story. And Tanya, you are a marriage and relationship exit strategist. Tell me what that means and how you got into it because that is so unique and so special. Yeah. So Initially, I did call myself a divorce coach. I just didn't like the word. It didn't work with me. It didn't resonate with me because I felt like I was a lot more just deeper than that. I really wanted people to have a strategy once they leave their marriage and once they leave their relationship. A lot of the time, many think you just leave the person and then your life is just going to be this so amazing. Now, don't get me wrong. You might be relieved. You probably are relieved depending on the circumstances, but then creating that joy and really rebuilding a new life does take work and it does take a strategy to do. So I was like, you know what? I would rather be more called a strategist because I'm giving you tools. I'm giving you techniques. I'm giving you resources and actually tangible advice to help you mitigate interruptions in your life while you're transitioning, as well as be strategic about how you want to move forward. Totally. I think that's amazing. And and I think you're right. Like you are a strategist. There's so much when you're leaving a relationship or a marriage, there's so much that you have to deal with that you probably have never dealt with before. And maybe, you know, someone else who's been through it, but they haven't been in your exact situation. It's so unique and so particular to you and your partner. And so I think that's amazing that people are able to, you know, learn from you and, and be guided through this really painful, really unique, confusing experience. Yeah, absolutely. What led you to want to become initially a divorce coach? Well, you know, I got a divorce back in 2010 and I didn't realize how stuck I was. You know, I really didn't. And it wasn't about even wanting my marriage back. It had nothing to do with it. It was the limitations that I placed on myself unconsciously that I didn't realize. So at this time I had two children. Um, I was divorced and here it is in 2015. And I realized my life is very similar. Like I walked out of that courtroom yesterday in terms of just my mindset, how I felt about being a single mom, how I even felt about relationships in general, the type of man that I was entertaining, um, my value in the marketplace, the conversations that I was having, very repetitive, very low vibrational. And when my dad had his heart attack back in March, that's when it dawned on me that 
your life is still the same um, day after day, year after year. And it, it, I needed to shift. I mean, I took care of my obligations as a mom, but I, it wasn't that I, I needed something more and I just couldn't pinpoint it, but I knew on that day or in that year that it was time to, to make a decision. And that's when I was like, you know, I got to divorce this story. And that's why I named the book Divorce Your Story. Initially, that was the name of my program before I changed it. So I'm that's, you know, I'm all about leaving the story behind on purpose because you would drag that story out and you don't even realize that that's your entire narrative. Yeah. You almost end up on autopilot believing things that you're you're telling yourself like we get so imaginative and so creative even if we don't think that we have that in us but we end up almost like selling ourselves this story and this lifestyle that we might not even want we might not feel good about we might not be okay with but we like so believe this this is my life this is my life that happened to me and this is the way it is and and this is how i live now and and that doesn't have to be true No, it doesn't. You really do have the ability to decide. And when you activate that power in knowing, then you can and just do what's required on a daily basis, no matter how small it is, that micro comes and turns into macro. And when you really do that, it it can change your life and you don't even realize how stuck you were until you look back and be like, wow, I can't believe I limited myself like that. So, yeah. For anyone who feels stuck, and I know this is a really big question, but for someone who listening to this are like, okay, maybe I do feel stuck or I I have not gotten over this person or I'm still kind of prolonging this breakup, what is something little they can do to start to make a change? Okay. I think the very first thing is to really be honest with yourself and take off the mask. Um, and I know that sounds so small, but it's so powerful. And I say that because we live in a world where you're, you're, you're almost told to always have it together. You don't want to make it seem like it bothers you. So you suppress it. You, you act like it's no big deal. I don't care if you weren't married. I don't care if you was with this person a few months, if it bothered you and it impacted you in some form or fashion where you, you can't necessarily um, you haven't necessarily um, walked away from the story. Allow yourself to admit it unapologetically. I think one of the biggest things you can do is give yourself the gift of truth. I think a lot of us are not as honest as we want to be. Um, just social media in itself is um, <laughs> it's a gift and a curse. You know, it's a, it can be a great tool. Yes. But then at the same time, it can be a lot of pretending and then you feel the need to pretend. And I, one of the things I tell a lot of women is that you really don't have to be strong right now. If it hurt you, it hurt you. Don't let someone minimize your hurt just because they don't understand. It does not matter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's the thing. I, I never gave myself permission to deal with my divorce, which is why I was in that rut as long as I was. I, I never had the space to say, this sucks right now. Um, my family does, you know, has, has shifted and I always felt the need to be strong and I just, it's tiring. It's exhausting. It impacts on your physical, mental, and emotional health. I think the smallest thing, but biggest impact you can do is admit the fact that you're not okay. And then allow yourself to get the help. If you can't figure it out, if you're a woman that always figure things out, it's hard to accept the fact that you can't figure this part of your life out, but this is when you have to humble yourself because it's a humbling experience and realize that getting help is not the exchange of saying that you're weak. I think it takes a lot of strength to get help. I really do. I agree. And I think, you know, we, we try and tell ourselves like, oh, it's so much easier to just act like I'm okay. And when our Mm -hmm. friends and our family, our loved ones ask like, are you okay? What can I do for you? We put on this front of like, no, I'm okay. I'm fine. And they know that you're not, first of all, they can see that you're not fine, but they don't want to force help on you because that's not helpful. You need to be able to like accept help and receive help in order to get help. And I think, I don't know anyone who loves someone who wouldn't be so proud of them for admitting like, I'm not okay. You know, that's Mm -hmm. a really vulnerable and scary thing to do, but It it pays off like tenfold because then you can work towards being okay. And 
just opening up your heart to the people in your life who want to see you thrive and want to see you happy. They want to support you. They don't want you to just pretend you're okay if you're not. They want you to be real and and ask for that help, as scary as it might be. They've all been there too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Breakups hurt. The science of a breakup is real. So the brain doesn't know the difference between a physical hurt um, versus an emotional pain. And so if we've been physically hurt and we don't get that treated, just know that there's a domino effect of things that can happen. So you have to treat your heart in that same manner. Yeah. I, this is a complete like side tangent, but something's coming to mind. There's somebody who I was friendly with in the past who I, they mentioned something to me when I ran into them. They're like, oh yeah, like I was just with my boyfriend. Let's call him Tim. I was just with my boyfriend, Tim. And like Tim said this thing. And I talked to a mutual friend of ours and I was like, yeah, like they said they were just with Tim. And they're like, no, Tim broke up with her six months ago. She's still posting pictures of her and Tim. They've fully broken up. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I mean, I know I've been in situations where I have like held on to relationships long after the deadline uh, was there, but I had never really seen anyone fully trying to convince the rest of their world that they were still in a relationship like this. Mm-hmm. Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? It is so normal, but it's not talked about and it makes all of us going through it feel really alone and frustrated. And I'm one of those women and I have been so self-conscious about my hair thinning and shedding for so long. That is why I'm eternally grateful that I found Nutrafol last year and honestly, I wish I had tried it sooner. When my team asked me recently if I wanted to team up with Nutrafol, I have never said yes to something faster. Nutrafol has become a part of my routine that I can't live without because of how much it's helped me and I truly could not recommend it more highly. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. And it is so easy to start your hair journey. You can take the hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root cause. Because everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth doesn't cut it. That's why Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow throughout different stages, as well as for different lifestyles like plant-based diets. And I know, I know, it can be hard to commit long-term to doing something every single day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription required, free shipping, and automatic delivery ensures that you'll never miss a day. And you'll see results in three to six months. If I can do it, so can you. It's kind of funny that I'm recording this right now as I'm literally about to go get a haircut because my hair is probably the longest it's ever been right now and my hair never used to grow. But now it does and it's really all thanks to Nutrafol. Plus, I am so grateful to be going into my wedding feeling confident about my hair and that is definitely not something I expected to be able to say before starting Nutrafol. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners a $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code seeing other people. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code seeing other people. That's Nutrafol.com promo code seeing other people. I'm not just a girl on the go these days. I am a chicken running around with its head cut off. Two podcasts, wedding planning, wedding attending, dog momming, traveling, and trying to eat well, move my body, and stay sane all at once is not a recipe for success. That's why I've turned to my recipe masters, aka Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat meals that taste delicious, make me feel good, and take a major thing off of my to-do list. Factor's meals are pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved and there are more than 35 options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan, veggie, and more. Guys, I seriously can't say enough good things about Factor's meals. They take two minutes to heat up, which means I can pop them in the microwave between recordings, or I can grab a ready-made smoothie from the fridge on my way to a workout class, or I can even have dinner ready for me and Jake after a really long day of work without lifting a finger. It has 
changed so much and has really made me feel like there's one less thing I need to worry about and I feel good after eating the meals. Like they're so delicious and nutritious. You can order as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week and you can pause or reschedule whenever you need, which has been really helpful for me with on and off traveling that I've had over the last few months and over the next few months. And you guys know I love when things make sense financially and factor meals are less expensive than takeout. So you save money and you don't have to go anywhere to pick them up. Factors roasted garlic butter salmon and their tomato basil chicken risotto are two of my favorites that I keep ordering on repeat. But honestly, every single one of their meals has lived up to the hype. And of course, we are hooking you guys up. Head to factormeals.com slash seeing other people 50 and use code seeing other people 50 to get 50% off. That's code seeing other people 50 at factormeals.com slash seeing other people 50 to get 50% off. Yeah. I mean, I can believe it. Being, you have to grieve the dream, grieve the future of what you thought you had with this person. It's, yeah, I can, I can see that. I know most from the outside looking in, people might say, wow, that's, that's crazy. But I don't know if I, I think it's crazy because I think that's how powerful the mind is. That's how, that's why it's so important to know that you get to decide because if you can convince yourself that you're still with somebody that you're no longer with, you definitely can convince yourself that you can reinvent a new life. Yeah. It's really sad. It's not crazy, but it's sad and it's painful. And I guess my question to turn that story into something productive, what can somebody do if they see somebody they know, whether it's a friend or a family member, just someone in their life, really holding on to something like this tightly without pushing them away, without making them not want to like trust you or or come to you for comfort. How can you say to this person something that can help them get to that next step in their healing journey? I think that's a good question, especially when it comes from, especially because we always hear that some people might think that I don't get the support from my friends and my family. I think one of the biggest things is to, you have to know your friend you have to know your family member. And um, I think it varies depending on the individual. I think that you, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm the type of friend or family member that I am going, I, if we have that form of a relationship, I'm going to tell you, because I believe that it's my right as a person who loves you. Now in saying that, I'm not going to force you to do it. I'm just going to let you know what I've been noticing, how, what I've been seeing and my concerns about what this looks like and just recommending that maybe, you know, have you ever thought about getting, you know, someone to talk to, uh, to help you through this? Cause I, I feel like it's impacting you very deeply. And I do think in the way we do things matter. I don't, I don't think you have to tell somebody, well, you need therapy. I think the energy behind that can be, um, a lot depending on where people are. So I don't go about where you need therapy, but I am concerned about you seeking some form of, you know, just somebody to talk to about what you're going through. And at that point, you you can't necessarily force anybody to to do anything. That's the hard part when you love somebody is because you see what is causing them, but then you can't control it either. Yeah, I've been on the receiving end of that during a really painful breakup where I had multiple friends come to me saying like, you're not okay, you need help. And I knew that I wasn't okay. Like Mm -hmm. I was having to leave work because I was crying so much at my desk and my boss would send me home. Like I knew I wasn't okay. But at the same time, I wasn't ready to accept help yet. And right. in that, I really feared, like, I, I started pushing my friends away when they would say, like, Lana, like, love you, care about you, like, let's talk about this, you're not okay, like, we don't, maybe we hate seeing you like this. I would push them away because I was not in a place yet where I could accept their support or even where I wanted to talk about what happened. And I was embarrassed and ashamed of how not okay that I was because I didn't know I could be in that place. And it took a long time of me being not okay for me to wake up one day and actually do something about it and look up therapists and start talking to somebody. And I I think it was a really big takeaway for me to get through that and then realize as much as I tried to push my friends and loved ones away, like they were still there for me. All they wanted at the end of the day was to see me try to get to a better place because they loved me and wanted to see me happy. They were not trying to embarrass me or make me feel shame about 
what happened or how I was behaving. They just wanted me to be okay. And they were still there for me, even though I wasn't accepting of their help. And I think that's something that we really fear is that we're going to lose people who we love when we're going through something like that. Yeah. And I, and I agree. And I think that's where the unconditional love comes in, in terms of friendship and family. Mm -hmm. I've learned, I used to have a problem with that. I used to, I used to want you to change so much because I see the hurt. It bothered me so much, but I had to learn that it wasn't in my control. You know, denial is a real part of grief. And when you are in that stage um, of denial, which is part of the five stages of grief, you may not, you do have to get to a point where you're ready to transition and start, you know, going to the other phases where you can get to that level of acceptance about a particular situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I listened to an episode of your podcast, Purposely Thriving, that you had out a few weeks ago. Um, it was called Your Ex is a Non-Factor to Your Healing. First of all, I need everybody to go listen to this episode. Um, second of all, I want to talk about this because, <laughs> and I imagine, I, I have not read your book and I am going to because I really, really want to, but um, I imagine it relates to a lot of, in your book, this concept of like divorcing your story and that past. So let's talk about like why this is important, what that means that your ex is a non-factor to your healing. Oh man, this was, uh, I was thinking about, should I say this? But I was like, I say this, I mean it. Your ex is so irrelevant to your healing. Um, the reason why this was, is so significant. Um, number one, because I realized that that's where my focus was a lot on what other people did and what they should have done and what they could have done. And what happens is you will replay that story wherever it's welcomed. And what happens is when you're around people who validate the story, it doesn't, you don't feel empowered. You, you almost feel like a, you almost are stuck in what I would call a victim's mode and you don't even realize it. And in saying that you're not, your ex is a non-factor, it doesn't discount the hurt you experience. It's just understanding that you cannot allow what someone else did to keep you in some mental and emotional bondage. And it's yeah. easy to do. It postpones your healing. It places your ceiling on your self-worth. You, you will always unconsciously compare other relationships to your ex. And you don't even realize it. Or you'll self-sabotage a good one. So it doesn't, it, you know, it can go either way. You, you can meet somebody who's great, but just because of what you've been through, that's always been your story. I will not date anyone who bashes their ex. Yeah. It says a lot about where they are. I learned that the hard way mm -hmm. by dating somebody who claimed that their ex was crazy. Yeah. And I learned that there are some people who are crazy makers. Yeah. And I became a crazy ex as well. And I was yeah. never like that in my entire life before. And I have not been like that since. But this person's behavior really affected me and brought out the absolute worst in me and a side in me that I genuinely would never have imagined would have existed. Yeah, it can easily corrupt your character. And I, you know, one of the things that I said on the podcast episode is that when you are always making this a topic of discussion, you're keeping the narrative alive. So you're watering it, you're feeding it. And so whatever you water grows, the story still continues. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if it's January the 1st, you know how we always say the new year, new me. But if your story is still alive and you haven't killed it at the root, you're still entertaining the exact same narrative. Yeah. And so it never dies. And sometimes we don't think about that. And I always tell people, think about somebody who you know, <laughs> for real, that talks about the same thing. Like, it don't, it, they just talk about the same thing. You love them, but they talk about the same thing. You know when they call, this is going to be a conversation. Even if you see them on their timeline, I know people like to say it's just social media is not a big deal, but it is, and we have to stop minimizing it. People get on social media and post the same thing. It can be subliminal, but it's the same thing. And before you know it, five years go by, a decade goes by, and your story is still the same. The story where, you know, men talk... The, their conversations about women, women's conversations about men. When you talk about that, you, you have to know, you have to pay attention to what that type of energy does to you. And so that's what I mean when I say your ex is not as relevant, not when you're trying to heal, 
Now, if you want to stay stuck in the story, yes, keep making them relevant. But when you want to move on, they have you have to die to the narrative. You want to talk about it with purpose, not to stay in pain. It's, that's a different type of conversation. We got to talk about it. But now we're talking about it with purpose. We want to learn from it. We want to extract. What did we get from this? What did I learn about myself from this? Regardless of what they do, because you can't make them do or be anything that they don't want to do or be. That's what I had to learn. I learned the hard way. Right. But once you realize that the only person you honestly can't control at this point is yourself, then that's when you start to turn the page. Absolutely. And I think it's also a matter of forgetting about the what ifs or, well, if only this situation happened that way, or if they could have done this thing or been like this, or if I could have done this, like there will always be a million what ifs, but that's not what happened. Right. It'll always be. It'll always be. I just dropped an episode yesterday about you couldn't have saved the marriage on your own. Um, yeah. Because when you, well, if I should have done this, maybe I should have done that. You, you get stuck in feeling like you were the bedrock of that relationship. And you just can't force anything on anybody. And I, I really had to learn that. Yeah. And it takes mm-hmm. two. So. It does. I it, mean, it long takes you term, to make or break a relationship. It does. It it really does take two. A, a, a relationship is interrelated. Um, it's a shared responsibility. It's not something that one person can do and do alone. Yeah. It can't be. What are your views on the concept of like no contact after a breakup? You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people, listeners, get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. It depends, um, to be honest with you. One of the things that I've learned, I know some people say just go no contact. But if you have children, that may not necessarily be possible. If you have children, you still have to maintain some form of a conversation. But you still can control the conversation. One of the things that I, I I really am an advocate for is if you have children to truly keep the relationship about the kids. But if I can be honest with you, Alana, this is where the healing work is important because you can co-parent better. If you let your ex, and again, everybody's situation is different. I find that when you are in dynamics where you, you go back and forth. I've seen where people may have exes where they use the, the kid as a way to stay connected to you and you feel obligated to still act as if you're in a relationship. This is where the healing process is so important because you get to be in control on how you want to co-parent. 
So I don't know whether or not if always blocking and deleting is the best thing. Now, for your safety and if you all don't have kids, I do recommend that, but I don't think it stops there. I still think you need to allow yourself to get the help um, as well. I do. Um, I am an advocate for disconnecting communication, but I don't believe that that is like out of sight, out of mind means I'm well. I don't know if I agree with that part. I think even though they may be out of sight, out of mind, it's really important to still process everything that you're going through. Don't sweep it under the rug. Don't minimize it. And be honest with yourself on why, if you are communicating with them, why? Sometimes we want to minimize it and say we're friends, but you you got to know what a true friend is. I did a whole podcast on that. Um, can I still be friends with my ex? And some of us really can't be, but we have trouble disconnecting because we don't want to deal with the grief of it all. We still have a hope that they will come back. Some of us still may feel guilty. We might be the the dumper, but we may feel guilty for breaking up with them. So to ease our pain and our guilt, we will still talk to them. And you have to ask yourself, can I live a separate independent life of my ex and still maintain a civil relationship? And sometimes we just can't handle it. And it's okay if you can't. You don't have to be built for it tough for that. If it sucks right now and you need distance, because every relationship isn't toxic. Some people just don't work well together relationally because everybody goes to trauma or it's toxic. Sometimes it may not be. It just may be a relationship that we just weren't compatible. Right. We didn't have that connection. And I think you can, if two mature people can say, let's just end this, but then is the letting go. That's the hard part because it's familiar. And when it's familiar, you're still, you're still entertain it to some degree, but then you'll call it a friendship. Yeah. I actually, I know somebody who recently came to me maybe about nine months ago. Um, he and his long-term girlfriend, broke up. I asked Mm -hmm. what happened. And he said they kind of fell out of love with each other and it was a really mature ending. And they both just agreed like it was incredible while it lasted, but maybe we we've outgrown each other and let's go our separate ways. And then a few months later, he was reaching out to me saying like, I really miss her and I want to go back to her. And I don't know if she'll take me back. And my initial thought was it's way too soon. You need to give, of course you miss her. Of course you miss the dynamic and the routine. And this person yeah. you spent every single day telling every single one of your innermost thoughts to, of course, that's so hard to walk away from. That's so hard to just move on from and change that routine and, and, you know, go, go to text somebody and, and not instantly text yeah. her when something happens. So you really do need to give yourself time also to heal and and to rebuild your life without somebody. Correct. Because at this point, it's more about grieving the separation. And this is why when I say you don't, you can't just walk away from the relationship and just think that even though this was a, a mutual agreement, all is well. And even if you were the person who decided to do it, it still doesn't mean it don't hurt. And I think we have to stop thinking Um, it doesn't hurt. It actually does, especially if you are a good person and you care, you never want to intentionally hurt somebody. And so sometimes you will avoid feeling that, that pain that you go through after the fact by still believing that I need to still talk to them and, um, maintain a relationship with them on some level. Yeah. And going back to your original point, like I get asked questions all the time of like, I, want to be friends with my ex. How do I pursue this friendship? And especially when it's the person who, like you said, like did the breaking up, my response is that's not fair to them. The, The more I understand you're upset too, I understand, but it's probably the meanest thing you can do to somebody who just got broken up with, who's hopefully going to try and heal is it, it continue to insert yourself into their life. It's not fair. No. No, it's not. Yeah. But um, that's how I feel about friendship. I think we have to be mindful of who we define as a friend. Yeah. You know, understanding what the characteristics of a friend are. 
before we just say, well, they're my friend. And then you stay attached to them and they're still getting probably some of the same, I would say, perks and benefits they had when you all were together. You have to be very mindful with that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On the topic of friends, you have a kind of, we'll call it a series on your Instagram called Moving On Looks Like. I love these posts. I'm going to start sharing them all over the Seeing Other People Instagram story because they're amazing. So thank you for the series. Um, I want to hit on a few points that you made. One of them is uh, moving on looks like refraining from discussing problems with those who can't help and focusing on finding support from those who can offer solutions. And I'm a huge proponent of being thoughtful about where your dating advice is coming from, where your relationship advice is coming from, where your breakup advice is coming from. And mm-hmm. so when I saw that, I was like, yes, we need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, moving on looks like that whole series was, it came from my workshop that I did back in May. I did a moving on workshop and I always hear, I want to move on. I just want to move on. You know, I, I mean, we've said it. I just want to move on. I just want to put this behind me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but what does that look like? And so I started to say, well, what does moving on look like? And then that's when I started coming up with different things. And, and that was one of them because you have to now become solution oriented. You have to become a problem solver at that point. You, you have to say, okay, what do I need to do? to get this problem solved and how bad do I want it solved and what am I willing to invest? What is it going to cost me? Because here's the thing, you can stay where you are still, it's still going to cost you. You can decide to make a, you can, you can decide to move on. It's still going to cost you. You just got to determine which costs are you willing to pay. And so sometimes we go to people and it's not because people don't care or they just might be unintelligent. Some people just don't have the tools or the resources or the knowledge to tell you what to really do. And some of us lean on people might too much. And I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I tell a lot of my clients or even people to my, on my podcast, maybe your friends and family are not the people you need to be getting advice from. And it's not that they don't love you. They just don't, they just may not know really what to tell you, even some of these relationship gurus that are out here, you really have to be mindful who's pouring into your ears, bottom line, and really um, be mindful on whether or not on what they're telling you, does it really align with the core of who you are? Um, Just because someone has a mic doesn't mean that they know what they're talking about. Some of these people don't do their research. They just got a mic and a lot of followers and they really give, they really do give bad advice. I don't even have another word for it. It's it can be really bad. And I, and what happens is if you're not mentally and emotionally resilient, you'll play into um, advice like that. And I, I just, I really encourage people to just be very det- intentional and discern who they are allowing to be poured into them. Seriously. No, I could not agree more. And, and I've seen it happen time and time again, where people will take the advice, their favorite influencer or whoever says this thing. And they're like, okay, that's, that's my new dating rule. That's what I live by now. And it just, it so doesn't match up with, with who this person is and this person's experience. And we're all so we're all unique individuals shaped by the things that have happened to us, the traumas, the successes, the th- like things that light us up, our passions. And so what works for you might not work for me. And that's what works for my best friend or the people in my group chat. Like it might not actually benefit me to throw a screenshot of a conversation with somebody in and say, what do I respond? Because every single person might have something different that they would say. And all of those things might not feel good to me. Correct. So you got to learn who you are and you got to go to therapy, figure out what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And that way, when you do scroll through TikTok and you see somebody with a lot of followers saying something, you can actually say, oh, that's not for me. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the self-trust is very strong that I, I believe that gets overlooked a lot. Getting your core values intact some of us mm-hmm. just don't know what what they are. They never been taught these types of things. And so you it's easy to take other people's advice and then copy and paste it because you haven't discovered your own voice just yet. So it's easy to take somebody else's voice and utilize it. 
Yeah. Or you may know, but don't have the courage to stand up and become it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about closure. Mm-hmm. You have a moving on post, moving on looks like making peace with the closure you received, even if it's not the closure you wanted or expected. Yes. I know when a breakup, a divorce, any, any type of ending to something is in the picture, everybody wants closure. People yeah. will go to crazy lengths to get, try and get closure. But mm-hmm. I, in my experience, closure comes from within, not from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might not get, ever get the closure that you're looking for. So how yeah. can people, you said, like, make peace with the closure you received. How do people start to do that? Mm. That's a tough one. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a t- and I believe it's a very tough one. It sounds easy, but, you know, depending on how things ended, whether it was somebody who ghosts you, well, you got nothing. You just... Nada. Nothing. Just just nothing. You, you have to come up. You, you have to close that chapter yourself. Um, one of the things that helped me a lot is expanding my perspective. Um, and what happens is when you talk about perspective, it doesn't necessarily excuse people's behavior. But one of the things that I realized is that what other people do has more to do with them than you. And yes, and that's really important because people have their own trauma, their own, you know, upbringing of their story that they may never unpacked. They may have experiences of the past that just, again, again, this is why I hold divorcing the story is so important because a lot of us bring our past along with us. So, you know, all these things that we have encountered sometimes unknowingly just travels with us and it impacts how we function. And what I realized is that when I started expanding my perspective on how some people are, it helped me find the closure that I needed in, in, in regards to a lot of things. One of the things that I have my clients do in my 12 week program is to, to find out the story of their ex Like, what did you know about his past? What did you know about his experiences or any trauma he had? What did he have going on with his mom or dad or both? How was he raised? Um, Not to bash him, but I need for you to understand that he had a story. Um, And sometimes in that story, we don't understand how that impacts how they show up relationally too. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to excuse it, but what it does do, it does give me more perspective on maybe why people behave in the manner in which they do, because it gave me clarity on why I did the things I did, right? Learning my story, learning my past, learning my mannerisms, understanding how did I develop this personality that I, that I cultivated all these years. When I got a deeper understanding of me, it made me be so empathetic to other people. So I, it takes a minute to get to this level, but what I will say is that, Closure is one of those things where people have to take ownership of doing. And what I find is that quite a few people taking ownership and accountability is kryptonite. It's hard to own up and and say what you really need to say. It's easier to just walk away or go into your shell or just ghost the person altogether because you're not thinking about how that's impacting them. And sometimes in regards to closure, some people may give us the closure. We just don't like the closure we got. Sometimes people do end things, but maybe you don't like the why on why they decided to leave. You want it to be specific. You may want it to be a certain type of closure. You may want, you want to make it so logical for you where it makes sense because you're making it so personal because you're, you're, you're thinking because they don't want to be with you anymore, that that also is an exchange of your worth and value. And you have to stop making that exchange with people because when you do that, your all, your worth will always be shaky and questionable. So again, I'm not 
discounting things, but I'm also, I'm also now more understanding of why some people do the things they do. But then I also understand that even in, when someone's telling you that they don't want to be there and you don't under, you don't want to understand it because you have difficulty wrapping your head around the fact that they don't want to be with you. You're making it so personal where you actually feel like, well, what's wrong with me? Nothing, nothing. It, you know, nothing's wrong with you. They just may not want to be there. And the hardest thing is accepting what's being said. So it's a, it's a lot of different scenarios with that, um, with the closure piece, because sometimes we might really do want, we want to know the why we want to understand it. We want to, we want it to be so logical, but it'll never be logical because what happens is they're breaking up with you. And right now you're leading emotionally. So anything they say isn't going to make sense because you're not leading from a logical perspective right now. But as you do the work and process it, you'll get to a place of acceptance or at least of understanding that if they don't want to be here, I don't want them here. You never want to want anybody in your energy if that's not where they want to be. Absolutely. I think that's I hope so that answers your said. question. No, it does. And, and I think it's like this concept of, you know, oh, well, maybe if I talk to them one more time and just ask, like they'll say something that will make me understand. Anything they say, you're going to have a hundred follow-up questions. It's never going to be good enough. It's never going to really help you feel better. It's just, it, it, it's almost just connecting you to them more because you're continuing to keep them in your life. And that's part of it. Like, oh, well, I just want to have a conversation with them about closure so I can understand better. Like they, they ended it, you know, it almost doesn't matter why it does, but it also doesn't. What matters is that they don't want to be with you. Like you said, and and you don't want to be with somebody who doesn't want to be with you. You don't. And that's the bottom line. And then from that point, allow yourself to cry and be angry about it. Allow yourself yeah. to ask questions I mean, sometimes you just got to process it. Not, you know, there is a part where people ruminate, but ruminating keeps you stuck. Okay. But when you start to move on, you want to process that stuff. You, you want to feel the shame, the embarrassment, the hurt. It's okay. It doesn't mean that you have to be strong about it right now. It, it, you know, respect what they say and then deal with it. Yeah. I have a few listener questions that I would love for you to help answer. Sure. First one is, do you have any tips for getting an o- over an 18-month long situationship? Yes, really. When you're in the same friend group, avoiding him in social situations is nearly impossible and ignoring each other is extremely awkward or I sometimes end up right back at his house. Okay. So this person had a situationship for 18 months, same circle of friends, how to deal with it. Well, you may have to distance yourself a while from the group chat, the group gatherings. You are in a season where you got to make some tough decisions. And sometimes we want to function as if we just didn't have an interruption that took place in our life. I think um, what's also important, I would say, is I encourage you to ask yourself, do you really want a situationship? Um. I have my views on that a lot and I know people say do what's best for you. And I, and I agree, but I also think I'm not sure whether or not if a lot of people can handle situationships and it's okay. If you can't, you don't have to be, you don't have to have it just because everybody else is doing it. You got it. And this, you got to know yourself. I'm going to be honest with you, Alana. I tried to pull that. Well, we're going to be friends. We going to know it. I hated it because it's just not, it don't work for me. Um, It doesn't work for you. It's not what you wanted. Yeah, it's not what I wanted. But the courage is in being okay and loving the fact that you don't and being okay if you meet somebody. And let's just say if that person wants it, but you don't, be okay with letting them know and not to attempt to avoid being rejected just to say I can handle it. And so I would say to create some distance with the group and in that distance be strategic about processing this and I'm never going to shy away from getting the help because clearly this wasn't just a situation ship for you 
right. for the listener. It was actually in your head. You actually probably thought it was going to be something more because honestly, if you, that's, you know, if we can be honest with ourselves, I know we want to tell ourselves, well, it's nothing, it's no big deal. But when this person is in your space, you're sleeping with this person, you're talking to them all the time, you're acting like a full-blown relationship, but you're calling it a situationship to kind of make it be okay. In your head, it was a real relationship. And so you need to work on processing those feelings. But I would definitely say create some distance in that group. I wouldn't be around for a while. Agreed. And you know, you said this person said it was an 18 month long situationship, but it sounds like it's not over if you're still ending up back at their house. But I can also imagine that you're not having fun when you go to these group hangouts with this friend group. So yeah, I yeah, think because you're being, you're being triggered, you're being yeah. triggered. Right. And now you have to ask yourself, what is triggering me? The hardest yeah. thing is to be vulnerable about something that you've defined as a situationship, because for most right. people, feelings should not get involved, but it's yeah. not to believe that you can separate feelings and you're always with somebody and you're always around them and you're sleeping together and you're doing everything together. I just don't see how you can separate feelings from that. And you can't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Someone I was seeing ended things because he said he didn't have the capacity to give me what I want. Do -hmm. you think that can be a genuine or believable reason? Or do you think that's just an excuse for he's just not that into you? I'm struggling with the idea that maybe he just didn't like me, but his actions said otherwise. Everyone says if he wanted to, he would, but life can be more complicated than that. You know, here's the thing. I do believe life can be more complicated than that. I do believe there are seasons where people just don't have the availability to be there. I believe that he could have either not wanted to be with you in that capacity, but here's the thing. Trying to figure out the reason is going to drive you crazy. Because the thing is, is that the bottom line is that he doesn't want to be available in the ma- in the manner in which you need them to. Let that be enough to know that if they can't be present, then it's best that we don't continue. And let that be it. Because you, you're, you're, you're making, again, you're making it really personal. Even though I know it's hard not to, but you're making it, you think that them not choosing you is a reflection of your value. Well, he didn't choose me or she didn't choose me. So that means I may not be good enough or, you know, something must be wrong with me. We have to stop doing that. <laughs> like we do. Now, you when know, the roles and- are reversed and we don't like somebody, we don't say they're not good enough. They're not worthy of love. They're not deserving of love. We don't say that. We don't put that on them. Right. And, you know, here's the thing. And this is what I want everybody to get. You're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. But that has nothing to do with your value. You're not a one size fits all. That's okay. Be okay. Yeah. Be okay with somebody not wanting to be there. Because they're really doing you a favor. Would you rather for them to tell you they want to be there and then don't show up for you? Regardless of what the real answer is if this person is letting me know that they don't want anything more and that's in the beginning of things. And I think this is the part where we have to be very clear with ourselves. Do we want something casual or purposeful? And when, you know, I would say for me, I'm in a life, I'm in my life where it's, everything is purposeful. I don't do casual. So I'm not even in the business for you to say, well, you know, I'm, I'm just cool with going with the flow at that point. There's nothing else to entertain at that point for me. And I'm not even threatening you or making you wanting to be here. I just know for me that I'm not interested in going with the flow. I don't have, I I don't have zero interest in that. Yeah. And making it very clear to, to people where you are in your life and what you want. But if this person doesn't want to be there in that capacity, then trust me, honey, they did you a favor. They saved you a heartbreak. You got to let people save you a heartbreak because you, you know, the impact of a heartbreak, you know, that whole bounce back is not as easy. And so when somebody says, Hey, you know, I I can't be here in the way you need me to be, regardless if it's a bunch of BS or not, the bottom line is that they can't be there and they just saved you a heartbreak. 
I love that perspective. And I think that is just so incredibly true. And seriously, I wish I could have looked at situations like that in the past when I was really going through it, because I would take things so personally, I would, again, I would, I would jump to like, well, what's wrong with me? And if, if, if these people had let me stay and if I had the opportunity to stay, I would have, and it would have hurt me so much more. It's like every date that you go on for like another, like date five, six, seven at the deeper you get with somebody, the more it's going to hurt. Correct. It is. And so you have to, you know, and that's why I say like, we're not here to, we can't say whether or not if it was BS or truth. I mean, only they can make that determination. Your perspective is more, it's more about your perspective. You know what? They just saved me a heartbreak. See, when I say Mm -hmm. I'm casual, I'm purposeful. I'm sorry. I realize that I want to be the best for the person that I'm designed to be with. And I don't want them to pay for a heartbreak that I could have saved. Now, I know you can't mitigate every heartbreak in the world. You can't. But there are certain things that, you know, if I can be honest with you, Alana, I've seen where people knew in the beginning that it wasn't going to work. But yet we still stay and we try to make it work. And at that point, you so mentally and emotionally invested, you almost feel wrong for walking away because you want this um, return on your investment. So if this person really isn't for me and they're telling me that, you know, I I just can't be here in that capacity, maybe they don't want the responsibility of a relationship, but this still has nothing to do with your value. Absolutely. Because a relationship is a responsibility and everybody doesn't want that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I hope that answers your question. Final question. Favorite one to ask. What is the best piece of dating or relationship advice you have ever received or have to give? What is the, what's some dating and relationship advice that I have to give? Mm-hmm. One piece. I would say, oh my goodness, one piece. That's where, that's where the, the hard part is, 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 the, is, is, the, one, is the one piece. I'm going to be honest with you. One of the biggest things that I think is very important in dating is really asking yourself, are you emotionally ready to date? Emotionally ready, not physically ready, not, well, my friends told me I'm ready or I just got over a breakup. I'm about to go and date again. Are you emotionally ready to date? That would be my one piece of advice, because I think that's a huge component that might get overlooked and minimized in terms of dating. So, and I think this was the best advice I wish I would have gotten when I first got my divorce. I felt rejected. And when you feel rejected, you're looking for instant validation if you're not careful. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is you go out blindly, you go out vulnerable, not realizing that people will play on your, on that. And you, you tell everything and you don't even realize the more you're telling them, the more they're, they're getting, the more, they're able to, un, you know, determine like where you are and you can make desperate decisions when you are not emotionally ready. Even if you're not ready to quote unquote settle down, I still think you need to be emotionally ready to date. And some of us, our EQ in dating is just not there. And it's okay and- to not be ready. It is. And that's the thing. And that's my point. It is okay to not be ready. Um, That was the biggest question I got asked right after my divorce. Like I couldn't even get out the courtroom good enough. Are you, are you getting married again? That's just not a good question to ask me right now. I just went through a divorce. And and of course my response is going to be like, no, but I wouldn't, I don't feel that way at all now, but I didn't even allow myself to, I couldn't even think that far out. And so it's okay if you're not ready, just don't, you know, allow yourself to heal, but just don't hide from it. That's all. But be emotionally, I think you need to have an emotionally, emotional intelligence to to get out here in these dating streets. (laughs) Yeah, they are some crazy streets out there. Not, not easy no directions. Uh, you never know who you're going to bump into. Who you has don't. road rage. 
<laughs> you don't, yeah. you know, you yeah. absolutely do not. Yeah. So yeah. that would be, that would be my advice. I love it. Tanya, thank you so much for being here and sharing all of your wisdom with us. There's so much more for everyone to learn from you. Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I am Tanya Carter. I'm always on Instagram. You can check me out on my podcast. I know you've mentioned it a couple of times, Purposely Thriving. It's on all podcast platforms. And you can go to my website, tanyacarter.com. Amazing. Thank you so much. All that will be linked in the show notes. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Please, 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 please send this episode to a friend who needs to hear it. Someone who maybe just got broken up, but just got divorced is going through a tough time. There's so much that they can learn and take from this. So send this episode to somebody you love, share it on your story, tag seeing other people, tag Tanya Carter, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own dating horror stories, reach out to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people.